From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Uncle Funky Larry Jones will be joining us in just a little bit. But on the line, I have with me the founder of the Boss Network, not to be confused with our very own Kamika Smith, Sky Houston. No, this is Kamika Smith, the founder of the Boss Network. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast. Good morning. You mean I have a name twin over there? Yes, Seriously? you do. Yes, Sky Houston. Well, yeah. Never met anyone with my name, so that's wonderful. Okay. Yeah, Sky Houston. Her real name is Kamika Smith. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> <Yep>. Wow. <Okay. laughs> well, listen, well, I'm good sure morning. Welcome. Person. Welcome. Thank you um, for being here. Um, good morning. The Boss Network. Yes. All right. How did you come up with this idea? Hmm. Yeah. So, so just to give you a little bit of my background, born and raised here in Chicago, the Windy City, and um, you know, I always knew that I wanted to go into um, a service-based profession. You know, helping people—that was just something I was really interested in. You know, I was raised in the church. You know, my leadership was all about servant leadership, and you know, us volunteering, giving back, just doing certain things in the community, um, which I grew up in. So when I went to college, got my master's degree in education went on to work for Chicago Public Schools in the district for uh, about 10 years. And that was my life's work. I loved it. I love working with young people. And, um, you know, I was laid off. So if you guys remember 2008, 2009, that recession, mm-hmm. a lot of layoffs across the country. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, definitely hit by that. And, you know, for me, it was kind of like, you know, Oprah, right? I had that aha moment with myself. And I was like, hey, like, I thought if I got my degree and I went to college, you know, I would, you know, retire with the gold watch and that would be my career, right? And you and you woke and so, up and you was like, oh my God, this is a scam. Like, they done got me. I done got got. <laughs> Listen, this is real life, right? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, you know, entrepreneurship has always been a part of my journey. You know how it goes. You know, I was you know, always having little side hustles. I'm just a very creative person, always wanting to do more. And so as I had my career, I was also, you know, working on my business, which was an event planning and marketing firm. And so when I got laid off, it was just, you know, for me, like, okay, we can, you know, because I was always great at networking, always good at, you know, relationship building. So I said, I can either find another job or I can take some time and work on my business. And for me, you know, having worked since I was probably 12 years old, you know, I was like, I'm going to take a break. You know, I didn't get to do my gap year like, you know, some of our peers do, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, this is my moment to take a break and really think about what it is that I want for my future. And so that's, you know, how I began, you know, the Boss Network, um, because as I was building my own personal brand, which was my event company, um, I decided to throw events just for women of color. This was back in 2009. So everything you see now, it really wasn't as prevalent back then. Mm-hmm. And I just really felt like I needed support on my entrepreneurial journey. And I, I, I talked to different women that felt the same way. So I was like, hey, let's get together and have a conversation. Let's see what we can do to support each other. And from there, women were just saying, hey, how do we join the Boss Network? And I'm like, wait, what? Join? (laughs) So that's how it started. Wow. And you have um, how many many, um, women and businesses are a part of it? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, you know, social media has been a great friend of mine, and it was one of the ways that I was able to really leverage a global conversation beyond just Chicago with women um, through Twitter and, you know, Facebook. And then, of course, Instagram came along. And so, you know, 
because of that, we were listed in Forbes magazine as one of the top 10 websites for women, Black Enterprise, Inc. Magazine, all these great publications that gave us, you know, acknowledgement. And it really helped us grow our platform, which now reaches over 200,000 women globally. Wow. Wow. That's a, yeah. that ain't nothing to scoff at. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's a, there's that's a, a need. And when there's a need, people will show up, you know? Absolutely. If you build it, they will come. So do you That's all have right. like um, gatherings, meetings, like Zoom meetings to? We do. So we are not like a traditional network where we don't have like chapters or monthly meetings. We are a digital platform. And this for us was the best way for us to be able to reach women, you know, in a larger capacity. So, of course, once COVID hit and the pandemic, everybody moved to virtual and Zoom. We had already been in that space. So it was nothing mm-hmm. for us to kind of transition um, we definitely engage our members through live events and conferences. So most people know that we do a lot of tours. We, you know, have about 15 major markets that we have, you know, a strong membership in. And so we've toured all those cities multiple times and, you know, did conferences with women like, you know, Tina Knowles, Beyonce's mom, you know, Scramato Beverly Johnson, Michelle Williams, and God, so many other amazing business influencers. And so, yeah, we definitely get out there in person and uh, and see our ladies and, you know, have these conversations. So what, um, what's your specialty? Like what, when you went to school and created, <laughs> and created all that debt, <laughs> what, right. were, what, what, what were you uh, studying and did it so lead I to actually, this? Yeah. It, you know what? It's interesting because, you know, I feel like when we have, you know, things that are bigger than us, which I believe this brand is way bigger than me. It's not what I set out to do. It, it was my calling. Clearly it found me. But my purpose was the same. I wanted to help people. So that was just, you know, from day one. So my master's degree is in education. Um, I was a counselor and an administrator for Chicago Public Schools. And so, you know, I always wanted to kind of see my community thrive. I worked in one of the, you know, toughest inner cities in America, Chicago, and our school district, you know, our kids are suffering. And so I wanted to be able to make impact because I grew up on the West side of Chicago. I went to, you know, one of those schools that didn't have a lot of resources that people feel like the kids wouldn't make it out. And I became one of those success stories. So that is what I wanted to do with my career. And then when I launched the boss network, it just became a bigger mission to now figure out, okay, how do we educate our community, but then also how do we build financial wealth? And that to me comes through entrepreneurship, through, you know, building your own business, through, you know, creating, you know, a, a legacy for your family. So, yeah. Hmm. What about um, the young women? Do you have young girls coming up um, and, and, and being interested? Yeah. Or do you even mentor, uh, you know, young women to go in, in the steps that you all are going in? We do. You know what? It's so interesting, KG. Um, there's so many young women from the beginning, you know, because, of course, these women are very digitally savvy, right? So they start following us on Instagram. We have probably 300,000 social media followers collectively. So, Yikes. You know, probably about, yeah. about That's 30% a lot. Of those That's a lot, lot, lot. <laughs> it is. And about 30% of those young women are between the ages of like 18 and 24. So we figured, okay, we have to do something for them. So we launched our nonprofit um, probably about seven years ago because we've been doing this work for 13 years. And so seven years ago, we launched Boss on Campus. And so Boss on Campus is an initiative where we work with HBCUs and we actually go in, we do work to help them prepare for life after college. So that could be career related. It could be entrepreneurship. And so Howard University was one of our partners for many, many years. Dillard, Xavier, um, Morgan State, you know, uh, Georgia State. So just so many great partners. 
and, um, you know, going on the campuses and actually working with these young women, teaching them entrepreneurship was um, important to me so they can be prepared early because I, I don't think I was really prepared for life after college, but I kind of figured it out because it's just the go-getter that I am. But, you know, these young women, you know, they want mentorship, they want guidance. And so for us, you know, because traditional mentoring can be really tough. So that's our way of kind of, you know, doing our mentoring, going on the campuses, bringing in speakers, you know, successful women to share and, you know, give these women insight so they can be successful when, you know, they grow up. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. Uh, we are talking to Kamika Smith, the founder of the Boss Network. Uh, we, we're going to talk about this uh, Sage Invest in Progress grant program, a $1.5 million commitment over um, the next three years that they have partner um, with Sage and um, the illustrious and market icon, Uncle Funky Larry Jones, um, <laughs> is here with us. Uncle, you, what would you want to ask? Well, Kamika? I was on the sideline, Kamika, just absolutely marveling at your story. And first, from me, God bless you and, and that beautiful thought, creativity, and imaginative mind of yours to do all this. I was just kind of flashing back. Do you Thank remember? You your very first client? I do. Well, you know, I I remember a lot of the very first because you have to imagine, you know, when I started this, it was literally out of, you know, trying to find support for myself and understanding that community is the best way to get that support. And so, um, you know, when I I had already been, you know, what they call now an influencer, I was a a brand ambassador here in Chicago um, for a lot of companies like Nike and, you know, Hennessy and, you know, uh, BMW and just because I was a very social person so people always asked me to like host events for them you know to do programs for them and with my event company and so when I launched the Boss Network I knew that not only was it important for me to be able to provide programming and coaching and opportunities to grow my brand through you know the Boss Network with these women that I was serving but I also wanted to figure out a way to get corporate companies engaged and so um Beverly Johnson, who is, you know, we all know her, you know, supermodel, you know, icon. She actually reached out to me because at the time she had a hair care line. And she, of course, black women, you know, we like hair. <laughs> so she wanted to promote her products to my community. And of course, you know, at the time I wasn't really doing, you know, that type of marketing. I was more so focused on like the corporate brands that, that could invest in my business. But I mean, you don't sell Beverly Johnson, no, right? So um, I was like, hey, how can we, you know, work together? And so she just, you know, started to do events with us. We went on tour together and she introduced me to Prudential. She had worked with them as um, a, an ambassador um, to teach financial literacy. And she connected me with an amazing woman, Dorinda Walker, and she became my first big sponsor. And we worked together for about six years um, doing tours, talking about financial literacy you know, talking about life insurance, you know, all the things that, you know, a lot of times we don't have conversations about in our community, but, you know, teaching us how to build wealth. And so that was my first major client. But of course, I had a lot of supporters before then. I um, I had the opportunity to spend a little time on 6 North Michigan Avenue and then out in Oak Park. Yes. And uh, I'm curious. Two of my favorite places. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I, Shopping I, and, and I, I thoroughly... I thoroughly had a good time through my my Chicago run, but I I have to ask: Is it the city's personality that forms you? Because it's a it's a tough town. It's a great town, yeah. But it's a it's a tough love city. Or were you born yeah. with this? 
You know, I think it was a little, it, it's so funny that you even just as an outsider even notice that about the city, which oh, I think yeah. a lot of people do because I have a lot of friends. So friends move here for work because nobody else is coming here for anything else but work because of the snow. <laughs> but, um, you know, people come here and they say, hey, can you, you know, connect with my friend? You know, Chicago's really tough. People are not as friendly as other places. And I tell them, you know, Chicago is not a transplant city. If you're born here, most likely your family migrated here. If you're black from Mississippi, Arkansas, somewhere in the South. Mm -hmm. And so you're born, raised here. You went to high school here. You went most likely a state college like I did. So there is really not a, a big need to kind of like venture out and network and do all those things. Um, of course, because of the time that we're in, it's happening more now. But trust and believe, you know, I definitely got that tough love. Um, Chicago could be more of a political city than anything. So, mm. you know, um, I, de I definitely feel like I wasn't, you know, I mean, I had supporters from the, from the beginning, but it was definitely one of those things where I had to kind of like push my way through or like, you know, figure out how do I grow this brand. And I was of the mindset that, you know what, business is global, you know, because mm -hmm. um, we know how it is. Most times you're home doesn't really receive you until you already made it. Um, and so for me, I knew that going in because I was already friends with, you know, some really great people um, that, you know, are doing big things in Chicago and they left. And so I knew that that would be the story. And because I didn't want to leave, I just figured, you know, I'll, I'll live here, but I'll take my business on the road. And that's what I did. And so, um, you know, I just went out there and I made a name for myself. And when I came back home, people were like, how can we help? <laughs> no, I, I, I made some, some very good friends, lifelong friends. And yeah. uh, that that was one of the first lessons I learned within the 30 yeah. seconds I walked through <laughs> Grant Park to oh, get to yeah. the building. The other lesson was, boy, if you're going to be up here, make sure you learn how to layer and bring some very warm oh, yeah. clothes. And don't wear gloves. Yeah, people in Chicago, they're mittens. not impressed. Yeah, we're not impressed by, by much, you know. So at I all. think that. Um, yeah, not at all. So when you when you you have you you build thick skin, and so I think mm -hmm. because of that, you know, um, I can go in any space. I can sit in any meeting. I was just in Atlanta, um, meeting with the CEO of the company for Sage, and to be sitting there and having that conversation, you know, it just made me. And I I don't really think about it much, but when I have that moment of reflection, it's like, you know, you're sitting in meetings with CEOs. Look at God. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, look God. at where you're taking you. Um, because of the belief in yourself. And I feel like it has to start there. If you don't believe in yourself and if you don't have that confidence, then um, it, you are, you're, you know, you, you will be easily moved and nothing really moves me. I have a lot of thick skin. Um, I've always had, you know, I always had a lot of guy friends. No, yep. I have, I have a yep. lot of women friends, of course, is what I do, but for some reason I was always drawn to male guy friends mm -hmm. because, you know, you guys are different. Like you're, you don't take things personal, you know, you're very analytical. And so that's my mindset. Like, I'm just like, Hey, if that is not an opportunity, it's just not meant to be. It's not because this person doesn't like me. It doesn't want to work with me. It's because it's just not a good opportunity, but it could be a good opportunity later. So you never burn bridges. Absolutely. And so I have learned how to build relationships, how to network, and it has served me well. And, are you able to take that energy, that vibe, and translate it to these young women that you're mentoring? Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. You know, you know, Sage and I, we connected probably about eight years ago mm -hmm. on a small project that one of their agencies had reached out to me about. And because I value people in relationships, I just stayed connected. I stayed in touch. And then when, you know, all this stuff happened around, you know, George Floyd, the social injustice, everything around the pandemic and small businesses really struggling and not getting access to PPP loans. And I just really saw the struggles. You know, I had a, I had a come to Jesus with my stuff and I said, hey, 
you know, I've been doing this 10 years, and by the grace of God, I was able to celebrate my 10-year anniversary in a big way on Michigan Avenue at the Palmer House Hotel. Yes, yes, um, yes. And the next year was COVID, so God looked out for me there. <laughs> but so, having that 10-year mark anniversary, it made me really say, okay, what do you want the next 10 years to be? And for me, I was like, I've empowered, I've inspired, but if we don't create wealth and we don't have money to make things happen, you know, you're giving people really just like, you know, false hope. And so I said, on this next journey, I want to be able to invest in small businesses. I want to be able to help some women, like some people that helped me. Black Enterprise gave me my first $10,000 grant, you know, nice. and I want to help them to be able to realize their dreams. And so, you know, Sage just helped me make that come true. And it just means a lot for me to be able to get that $1.5 million, And this is just the first of a $10 million grant that I'm trying to raise um, to do this work. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the Boss Impact Fund. As you said, you've partnered um, with Sage and um, mm-hmm. they are committing to uh, invest in progress, <laughs> which is the name yes. of the grant program. Um, One point five million dollars over the next three years. Please tell us about uh, the Invest in Progress grant program. Absolutely. So the Invest in Progress um, grant program you know, when I decided to partner with Sage, and if people don't know Sage, they're a global market leader for technology. They work with small businesses and, you know, help them, you know, create efficient financial operations for their businesses. Super important for a business, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having those type of partners really helped me to bring, you know, legitimacy to helping my small business owners, you know, whether it's around financial wealth, whether it's around financial literacy, whether it's around actual tools and systems to help them be successful with their businesses, those are the type of partners that I wanted. And so the Boss Impact Fund was a vision that I had, you know, a couple of years ago. And, you know, of course, when you're making these asks, you know, it can be tough. If you're not a, a brand that's been out there for years, you know, um, you know, you know, most U.S. companies are, you know, risk avert, as you know. And so, um, to get somebody to actually believe in you when you're a community organizer, it can be tough. And so that's why I just went to the partners I had already had relationships with because there was a conversation happening. Of course, you all know they were putting out all these statements, all these big corporations about how they're investing millions of dollars into the black community. Right. Well, when I started knocking on doors, it was like crickets. I was like, well, I read the press release, you know, mm-hmm. what's wow. the problem? And really? so, um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, I just said, Aside that's I not talking about. I'm sorry. I keep it 100. So. Yeah. Hey, no, um, no. So do we. So do we. Truly yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah truly. Yeah, you so, got the right ones, baby. Uh-huh. Yes. I know you all do. I know you all do. And you can appreciate that. So I just said, you know what? It, it's, you know, it's still business, right? And so I had to say, you know, yes, I'm not an NAACP. I'm not a National Urban League, but I have been doing this work for 13 years. So I need to go find people that know me and trust me and know my work. So I just went back to my partners that I had already been working with, you know, which are, you know, lots of them. I have worked with PepsiCo, McDonald's, Comcast, you know, Pepsi, Frito-Lay, Sage, J.P. Morgan Chase. And so I just went back to those partners and say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do on the next level. Are you guys interested? And so I'm having really great conversations, but Sage, you know, I don't know if it's because they're a UK based company, you know, I don't know, but they were the first ones to say, Hey, we believe in what you're doing and we actually want to invest in this program. And so, as you know, all you need is the first one and then you, you're rocking and rolling from there. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause $1.5 million is, is can we, this is Larry again. What type of uh, return are your investors expecting? Zero. What? Mm. Absolutely. So it. let me tell you. Absolutely. I, so I, I told them, I said, hey, listen, 
black people have invested in big corporations for years, you know, with no return on investment. So my invest in progress program, you're not investing, you're reinvesting. Mm. You know, we've already invested into you, you know. So when I decided to go look for partners, I look for partners where I spent my money. I banked with Chase for the last 20 years. You know, I use Sage products, you know, so I went to companies I drink Pepsi, you know, so I went to, to people that I did business with and I said, hey, you know, these companies, they need support. And most of these women, they're not even in a position right now to go after traditional funding. And if you know anything about VCs, there's less than 1% of minority founders that get VC funding for their businesses. Mm-hmm. 0.3% of those are black women. And so there's probably about 10 or 15 black women that have actually gotten a million plus investment. So because we're not even getting in the room to have these conversations, you know, I'm like, hey, we need to give them some seed money. We need to just do this as a philanthropic, you know, grant program, and we need to just give back. And that's how I pitched it. Mm, that's amazing. It's smart. Yeah, very, very much smart. so. So um, the deadline for submissions to um, possibly get this uh, capital investment of $10,000, what, what do the women need to do? Yeah. So listen, we have multiple grants for $10,000 that will go to these women. But in addition to that, they get one year of mentoring and coaching through our boss business university. And that's where the game changes, you know, mm-hmm. because we can give people money, but if we're not giving them tools on how to utilize those funds, exactly. then we're doing them a disservice, right? We don't want people going out buying Gucci bags and, you know, gym shoes. We want them to really grow their businesses and we want to help them with that process. And so the criteria is very simple. Be a black woman in business, you know, less than five years, and there be a need for use of funds. Okay. And so they have to um, go to our bossimpactfund.com website, and they can apply, and they can apply up until next Friday, which is February 25th. Yeah, this Friday, and, um, the 25th. Yeah. This Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm. this Friday coming up. Well, not this Yeah, it next this Friday, Friday yeah. coming up. Yeah, the 25th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, so ladies, mm-hmm. uh, business owners, Five mm-hmm. years uh, and, and under, bossimpactfund.com. <laughs> the deadline is Friday. Listen, Kamika, you, yes. <laughs> you're amazing. I, I don't even know what else She's to say. She's Chicago. She is Houston, Chicago. I want to meet you all in person. Y'all amazing, too. Oh. And Houston is actually one of my, uh, I think it's like our one of our third or fourth top markets. So been there a lot of times. I know a lot of great people out there. I'm sure that you all know. Yeah. Um, because, you know, man, the Boss Network has been great to me. When I tell you, because we've been doing this for so long, we have such amazing influencers and women in business that support us, that, you know, push us. And so, um, yeah, I got a lot of boss ladies out there. And, and he said we actually hosted, um, I think, two or three conferences out there. So, okay. yeah. Yeah, that's what's up. Yeah, we uh, when you were talking about uh, there's not a lot of transplants up there in Chicago. I will say there's a lot of Chicago transplants that done came yes, down indeed. here to Houston. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I have a couple of girlfriends that left Chicago and uh moved down there to Houston. Great place. So yeah. Yes indeed, yes indeed. Bossimpactfund.com is the website uh for you uh entrepreneurs five years and under, black women, uh preferably. The deadline is this Friday, February twenty fifth. And uh the incredible Kamika Smith of the Boss Network. We Thank you so much for your time and and, sh- and your scholarship. Absolutely. Aww. Fabulous. Fabulous. Oh, listen, I appreciate that. You know, you all are amazing. I thank you, Larry and KG, for having me on the show and, you know, just helping me get this word out because this is a global, 
you know, brand. And so women from all over can apply, not just Chicago, of course. And so we're just really looking forward to seeing who these 25, these first 25 women will be and um, and just continuing to grow this um, grant program and getting more partners and impacting more women. My goal is 500 women within the next three years. So um, we'll see what happens. Well, I think God is on my side. So I'm feeling Open I'm so invitation faithful. to come back on the program to give us an update or just share more Thank information you. that uh, people need to know. Uh, because this is just what we do. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, Indeed. And to everyone listening to the podcast, we'll be back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Uncle Funky Larry Jones will be joining us in a little bit. But we've got uh, a film and arts festival that is coming to town. Well, it's actually uh, already going on, happening now through um, Thursday, February 24th. It is the Real Abilities Houston Film and Arts Festival, and I have on the phone line with me two lovely young ladies. Please welcome Didi Dolchin and uh, Sashi. And I and it just and it just left me Sashi. How to pronounce your last name? Say it again for me. Nasankara. Sashi Nasankara. Ladies, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Yes, indeed. So, um, tell us about Real Abilities and uh, and and the mission. Um, or the, um, yeah, the mission for Real Abilities Film Festival. Sure, I'll take that. Real Abilities Houston Film and Arts Festival, and this is the 10th annual, is annually produced by JFS Alexander Institute for Inclusion in collaboration with the Mayor's Office for People with Disabilities. It's a 10-plus day showcase of talent by amazing creatives who have disabilities. We have speaker events, art, music and film events and it lasts it's right in the middle of it right now this is sunday i know and we are about to hit our films that start tonight and then we have real music the concert we're going to talk about a lot today on wednesday and then our final film night on february 24th nice and uh sashi how did you get involved with real abilities well uh it was i think actually in 20 18 was the first year that I um, did it, and I actually found out about it through my aunt, who she was like, you know, you should you should think about singing in this. You know, it's this uh, event where there's a live band, and you know, it's uh, people with all kinds of different um, disabilities who participate. So it's kind of like um, actually pretty last minute because I think I found out about it a few days before the actual event. And so I had like two to three days to figure out what I was going to sing. And, um, but that was how I first got involved. And ever since then, you know, have been involved somehow and just love it every year. It's, it's a highlight every year for me. Yes, indeed. Sashi is a beautiful singer. I have to jump in. She's modest. She's a beautiful singer, visually impaired. Doesn't matter. We always say nothing can disable talent. And that's what this is all about. Sashi's going to be in the show again this year. And we're very excited about that. I, I like that, Didi. Um, nothing. What did you say? Nothing can uh, stop. Nothing can disable talent. Nothing can disable talent. That, I like that 
a lot. So, Didi, um, being in charge of um, real music, uh, how is that for you? And um, mm. how long have you held this position? <laughs> Amazing. Well, I chaired the festival, Real Abilities Festival, in 2020, and I've always produced the concert. Our mission of the concert is, or our, our message of the concert is, that um, we celebrate the power of music to unite us, connect us, lift us up. And we know that music just will have a way of finding a way out no matter what obstacles get in the way. And so that's what we do. We see these creatives on stage and we see their talent, not their disability. This year, I have eight performers, including Sashi. We have jazz, R&B, rock, ballads and we even have an amazing dance number by a beautiful actor who's deaf Mm -hmm. we have two amazing asl interpreters who are going to be on stage who are known for interpreting concerts including rap amber galloway and kelly curdy who are amazing Um, my friends at kprc2 taisha walker and brandon walker will be emceeing my house band of local, really well-known musicians, Andrew Leanhart, David Craig, Kelly Dean, and Gavin Milchan will be accompanying our musicians and performers. And uh, we're going to replicate. We usually have it at White Oak Music Hall, but because of COVID, we're going to have the real music concert at the Outdoor Pavilion at the Bayou City Event Center. And uh, we're going to replicate a concert feel. I've got lights cameras and action coming like you won't believe oh I we hope everyone imagine. can come and it is free that's really important to know this is a free free concert free oh people love free with cash bar and free snacks yeah that is going to be amazing you know i have a um i dabble in music you know vocally uh twinkle with the keys a little bit um everybody <laughs> on my father's side um is a musician they sing or play or do something um so me and my brother and i we we get it honest but um we have this thing where we need a live band fix because Mm -hmm. to your point Didi, there is something so powerful about music and when you are at a live concert or um you know seeing an, an orchestra or hearing an orchestra the acoustic sound and the frequency that it produces really sets your mood. I mean, I I believe once people understand that everything is energy, frequency, and vibration, I think people will have a better understanding of how to maneuver throughout life because music can absolutely set and change your mood. And oh, absolutely. And it's all about, you know, that frequency. And as I said, you know, the, the acoustic, when you're, when, when you're uh, experiencing a live band and that sound that comes out and you just, you know, get this happy feeling. And <laughs> that is the power of mm. music. Uh, and that's why I guess they call it the universal language, right? It is. It's the soul. You know, it's a soul speaking. It's a soul expressing. Christine Ha, who is a local chef, you may know of her, um, last night on a Real Abilities event said this, and I'll quote her, music is a form of self-expression that helps us all connect in a much more positive way. And that's what you were saying, KJ, that mm-hmm. it's, it, it does, it lifts us up, connects us. I mean, it, it, it is an expression of the soul, whether you're celebrating, you're 
reminiscing, you're needing to be vulnerable. It, music is so powerful, and that's what real music is all about, too. It's such a celebration of talent, of creatives next week. And I can tell you, and Sashi can tell you, being on that stage is pretty amazing. Right, Sashi? Absolutely. There's, like, nothing better than that feeling. Um, and, like, for somebody like me, like, um, no matter how many times I sing or where I'm singing, I get nervous before inevitably because it's just so exciting. Yeah. But once once the band starts playing and, you know, you're getting the crowd into it and it's it's just, uh, it's, it's super powerful. Mm-hmm. What were yeah. you feeling like your first time uh, on stage? Um, that feeling, what was going through your mind? You know, probably not a lot, to be honest with you, because I kind of get into like a zone. Um, mm-hmm. It is just like, I, I guess, like the best way to describe it is like electric, you know, I mean, yeah. Not you know you have like the live band who's just like just they kill it every time and you know we don't get to rehearse with each other before we play and so this is like you're just getting together and the first time that I had done real abilities like I had never played with these guys and I'd never been to the event before (laughs) so I I was just kind of like winging it Um, but it's it's just really special to be able to have the band play off of especially like a singer like me to be to be able to just pick up where I'm singing or where you know where I leave off and then for me to kind of get get the vibe from from the band and it's just it's really cool it's so cool You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Didi and Sashi from uh, Real Abilities Film Festival. The, uh, the event is happening now through uh, this coming Thursday, uh, February 24th. And uh, the big event that uh, the Real Music has with the festival uh, is happening on Wednesday from uh, 7.30 to 915 the concert that uh they will be uh, putting on and um where can people go just to get more information on this dd they can go to real as in film real r-e-e-l real abilities that's the festival site and at the top of that page click on real music and it will take you to the real music page where you'll see how to register. We ask for registrations, even though it's free, just so we can know how many people are coming. Sure. On that page, you'll also see the, uh, the bios of all of our creatives. You'll see headshots of our MCs and our house band. All information is there. And again, it is free. And it is this Wednesday night. Indeed. We, and we can't wait. Let me back up a little bit. Um, the inception of the Real Abilities uh, film festival. Um, how long has this been around? When did this start? We are our 10th year here in Houston. There are about 17 or 18 real abilities festivals all over the country. Um, it is called the real abilities film festival, but in Houston, we, as Houston does <laughs> make things bigger and better. And Absolutely. we have more than film. We have the speakers, the art and the music events. We have a real workplace event. We have real education we have we we spread ourselves throughout the city 
all with a mission to utilize the arts as a vehicle for educating, enlightening, overcoming stigma surrounding people with disabilities. That's the big mission of the overall festival. Um, so we've been at it for about 10 years, and it's free, free, free to the city. It's a gift to the city by JFS Houston. That's the parent organization that organizes real abilities. Man, that is amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. It is really amazing. Yeah, it is. Lots so, of opportunities for engagement. So, Sashi, how excited are you about uh, Wednesday? So excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially because, uh, you know, during COVID, there haven't really been a lot of chances, actually really any chances to get together and be in the same place and, you know, play or listen to music and just be a part of that experience. So, you know, it'll just, I can't wait. I'm probably going to be super nervous as usual, but it's, um, I just, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I heard one <laughs> really artist say, you know, if it, when you get nervous before a performance, that just means that you care. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, mm -hmm. the day that I stopped being nervous. I think that might have been Beyonce singing. that I heard say that. Yeah, it's adrenaline. Yeah. I sing too. And I mean, if you're nervous, that's a good sign. Your adrenaline's pumping. Means, there's mm -hmm. something worth it for you. That's, <laughs> that's how I look at it. Absolutely. Um, I that's a beautiful way of looking at it. Something else that is very um, interesting that you all have for uh, the Real Abilities Film Festival is the Real Workplace programs. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Can you can you touch on that a little bit, Dee Dee? Because this is uh, this is pretty fascinating. Yes, year round, JFS Houston, the Alexander Institute for Inclusion, will go into workplaces and train people on disability etiquette. You know what is what? Often we just don't know, and so it's really enlightening and and educating. So real workplace really happens all year. However, at the festival, there is one day that's called Real Workplace. It's a panel discussion. And, and this year it happened last Thursday. Um, so next year will be the next real workplace during the festival. But it, we, we often say we like to discuss the hidden D in DEI um, <laughs> is disability. Disability, inclusion, and equity are are really important in businesses now are learning that it doesn't make, it's just not the right, it's not just the right thing to do. It makes good business sense mm -hmm. to employ people with disabilities. And we have all kinds of statistics and data to support that. Mm -hmm. and, and so we're happy the JFS and the, the organization does go into businesses and work with them during the year. So jfshouston.org is where people can get more information about the real workplace ongoing programs. Indeed. So, Didi, I want to ask you, um, what are you most looking forward to on Wednesday night? <laughs> I am looking forward to, oh gosh, two, two new things. Beyond the amazing, amazing performers we have, and you can see them all on the realabilitieshouston.org website and then go to the Real Music page, we have two firsts. We're going to have the... Um, a beautiful dance performance by a dancer, a beautiful actor who's deaf, and it's being choreographed by someone out of New York. Um, Heba Tulan is the dancer. And then we're going to have a big, big finish, if everyone can wait till the end. Um, that's going to be the full ensemble coming out with a real smashing final number. Um, 
again, I think the variety of music I'm excited about. Sashi's going to do Coldplay's Fix You, which is such a haunting, wonderful mm. song. And she's going to do another one. I've got Brennan Amika, who's doing Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson tunes, Kyle Cousins, who is in the Queen Legacy Band here, is going to do a Queen number plus a couple others. Oh, gosh. Oh, Teo Bahia, who calls himself the blind bassist. He's blind. He is a bass player, guitarist, vocalist. He's going to do three numbers. Mm. Oh, gosh. We have a lot going on. Um, it, I'm just excited about it. I've been living and breathing this for several months now. <laughs> and I'm just, my joy is watching the performers on stage and watching the reactions of the audience. Of the audience, yeah. It is magical. Because as, magical. as you were sitting here talking, I was just thinking like, this has to be such um, an amazing moment for both the performers and the audiences to know that uh, people with certain abilities that probably can't do um, one or two things that you may have this incredible musical talent oh, yeah. and, and, and can reach our hearts. So, um, yeah, I mm-hmm. bet it is. So I, um, I'm definitely going to come. Um, I may yeah. have to leave a little early because um, my night show, The Quiet Storm on Magic 102.1 uh, starts at nine. Um, but I definitely uh, will be in the house to uh, experience the magic that mm. the Real Abilities Film Festival, especially with real music, is going to bring. We look forward to seeing you, KG. Indeed. So everybody save the date for uh, this coming Wednesday, 7.30 to 9.15 at the Bayou City Event Center Pavilion. That's at 9401 Knight Road here uh, in Houston. Um, They're going to have everything set out for you. But what you should know, most importantly, is that it's free. But we would like you to register, though. <laughs> Even though it's free, we, we would like you to register. You can log on to realabilitieshouston.org. That's real, like a film reel, a film reel, R-E-E-L, abilitieshouston.org. Get all the information. As Didi said, you can see um, the performers that will be there. And uh, just check out um, everything that they offer uh, at the Real Abilities Film Festival. Um, be it the real arts, the real education, the real workplace that we uh, talked about. Um, this is exciting. <laughs> Thank you. We're excited too. Thank you so much for having us today. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. It is absolutely my pleasure. Uh, Sashi, anything you want uh, the people to know before we close out? Hi, I'm just so excited and I can't wait to see everyone there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Indeed. And Didi, any any last words? Just everyone come to Real Music Wednesday night. Doors open at 7. Show starts at 7.30. Indeed. Come experience some magic. Come experience some magic. No pun intended. Because this is, <laughs> even though this right. will be airing on Magic 102.1, come and experience <laughs> some magic. Is It is absolutely going to be magical. I can feel it uh, in my bones. So thank you, ladies, so much for coming on. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. And for everyone (laughs) listening to the podcast, we will see you next week.